Good morning. Let's take our Bibles and go to 2 Peter chapter 2. 2 Peter chapter 2, I'm going to look at the first, well, actually the whole chapter, it's 22 verses, so I want to look at this just briefly. And so when we have our presentation of free, uh, the content of that can be pretty intense for little people, for young people, like kiddos. And so if you have some kiddos that are in the worship center now, uh, if when we present free, if you want to have your child go to the lobby or harvest kids or... If you, it's up to you as a parent. We just want to be respectful of that. And so the content of what we're going to share uh, might be pretty explicit to some degree for the young ears. So I want to talk about the spirit of slavery. Second Peter chapter 2, we're going to look at verses 1 down to verse 22. And when I mention spirit, I'm talking about a demonic spirit. I'm talking about demons. And so Peter is well aware that the early church was full of the Holy Spirit, was moving in power and miracles. Peter's well aware that the gospel was spreading and God was moving in a very powerful way. But he also was well aware that there would be false teachers and false prophets that would arise from within the church, and that's how it's always happened. Uh, it's really not the, the people on the outside that is the threat. The biggest threat are the people on the inside who are false teachers and false prophets. And so they are consumed, possessed even, of a spirit of slavery. And I want for us to see what this means. We're going to go through this rather quickly. Now, you've got to remember that in the beginning, the spirit of slavery was operating at full force through Satan and through Adam and Eve. And so when Adam and Eve fell into sin, they were held bondage, held captive by the devil. And all of those who would be born after them, which would include you and I, have been in bondage to sin and slaves to the devil. That's what the New Testament teaches. And so when Jesus Christ came, he came to destroy the works of the devil, amen? He came to give life and he came to give freedom. And when you repented of your sins and you turned to Jesus Christ as the Savior and the Lord of your life, then the spirit of slavery no longer held you captive. That does not mean that for Christians, you can, you can be oppressed, not possessed, but you can be oppressed by the same spirit of slavery. And so I want you to know that when I say spirit, I'm referring to a demonic spirit, a demon. And so there are demons. There are demons, and there is the devil, and there are demons, and then there is the flesh. And all of those are enemies of freedom in Christ. I want you to see what Peter's talking about in chapter 2. He has a heart for the people of God. He has a shepherd's heart. He is an apostle, but he does have a shepherd's heart. I want you to look at chapter 2 and verse 1. But false prophets also arose among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you. Let me give you just three quick, quick manifestations of the spirit of slavery. Now, as we go through these, you might see that they've manifested maybe in and around your life, maybe in people that you've known, uh, maybe in churches that you've known. So we're talking about the context of the church. This is where Peter's laying this groundwork, but the spirit of slavery is also in the world and manifests in all kinds of dynamics. And Andrea is going to share some of those in a few moments. Here's number one. How does the spirit of slavery manifest? It will deceive others to manipulate them only to have their own secret desires satisfied. That's number one. We're talking about deception. We're talking about manipulation. And we're talking about the spirit of slavery in and through a person to get to the place that they're going to take you, deceive you, manipulate you for their own secret desires. This is in verse 1 to 3. We've already seen false prophets and teachers will be rising among the congregation or the people of God. Now watch the rest of verse 1, chapter 2, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the master. They're going to say Jesus isn't the Lord. He's not God. And so these false teachers deceive in the area of truth, truth in the person of Christ. This is where the devil wants to bring the division. He wants us not to think of Jesus as Savior and Lord, as the Messiah. 
And so let's continue through the verse. Destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them, bringing upon themselves swift destruction, and many will follow there. What's the next word? Do you see it? What's it say? Sensuality. Are you with me in the text? You've got to be with me in the text. It's important you see it. The word sensuality. So the spirit of slavery, one of its primary manifestations through deception and through manipulation is in the area of what? Sexual sin. Sensuality, Peter says. And then he goes on, and because of them, the way of truth will be blasphemed. Verse 3, and in their greed, they will exploit you with false words. Their condemnation from long ago is not idle, and their destruction is not asleep. Notice false prophets, false teachers exploiting. Verse 3, Peter says that they are full of greed. They are greedy for selfish gain. And it's all circling around sexual sin or sensuality. And because of them, the way of truth will be blasphemed. Deception is leading many, it says. Many will follow. Spirit of slavery is in our world, and it's in our world in a very profound and powerful way. Many are following it. This spirit works to control people, works to manipulate people, and works to keep them in bondage. Now, here's two of the words I want to focus on briefly is deception and manipulation. There's going to be a definition of deception on the screen. Cheating or trickery, underhandedness. This is what deception means. It's craftiness. It's wiliness. In Ephesians 6, verse 11, the devil is referred to as someone who has schemes. That's wiliness. So there's deception involved, cheating, trickery. Has anybody ever cheated you? Has anybody ever tricked you? Has anybody ever used underhandedness? This is all about deception. Now, when I was a kid, a young, young boy, I was a magician. I loved magic. And so I had a suitcase, and I had all of the magic tricks that I could ever afford to purchase at the magic shop. I'd be like, Dad and Mom, I just need to get another trick. Can I go to the magic shop and get another trick? And so I would gather all of these magic tricks, and I'd put them in the suitcase, and I'd do shows. And I'd do shows for my family, and I'd do shows for other people. That was underhandedness. That was trickery in an innocent way. We're talking about a spirit of slavery that is deceiving people, manipulating people for their own selfish gain, centered in on sensuality and sexual sin. So watch this, because you and I can easily be deceived. We can, we can be thinking thoughts in our own mind and thinking that they're truth when they're not truth. And the enemy has come in and oppressed us to deceive us. The other word is manipulation, which means control or exploitation. 2 Corinthians 11, 3-4. I think I have it on the screen here, if we could read that together. 2 Corinthians, let's keep going through that. But I am afraid, this is Paul, I am afraid that as the serpent did what? What's it say? Deceived Eve. So deception goes way back to original sin or the fall of man through the devil, that's the serpent. And by his cunning, you can see all of this. This is the spirit of slavery being introduced to the human race. Your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. So deception comes through our understanding. It's our thoughts that go astray, and it goes astray from who Jesus is. That's the primary message that Peter's getting at here, because that's what false teachers will do. So whether you're in human trafficking or some other kind of slavery in our world, if you take it down into the core, the enemy wants to take the person and lead them away from Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. That's the ultimate goal of the spirit of slavery. So Paul goes on to say, for if someone comes and proclaims another Jesus than the one we proclaimed, or if you receive a different spirit from the one you received, or if you accept a different gospel from the one you accepted, you put up with it readily enough. Here's some deception going on in the church of Corinth. Manipulation. Twenty twenty had a, a special. Uh, I don't know about a week ago on Jim Baker. Remember Jim and Tammy Baker? So I'm not here to judge. Uh, I I don't know where he's at nowadays. I know he's doing some ministry, has a TV show. Uh, but when PTL fell, it was dramatic. When Jim and Tammy fell, it was dramatic. And I was in college at Liberty University, 
and Jerry Falwell was asked to come in and to kind of keep PTL going in a hopefully a more positive direction than, than it was going. And then Jim Baker wanted it back, and Jerry Falwell said, no, you're not in the right place spiritually to be able to lead the people of God. You need to get your life in order. There was massive manipulation going on, massive deception in and through that whole scandal. But what was it focused on? Do you remember, if you're old enough to remember? Sensuality, right? And money. Sensuality, it's a spirit of slavery manifest. And so God humbled that whole thing. Number two, here's a spirit of slavery. It will dominate others to maneuver them for their own selfish gain. This is verses 10 down to verse 16. Now, obviously, I'm skipping over verses 4 to 10 because in that, Peter outlines the judgment that's coming to false teachers and false prophets. And there is going to be justice. Our God is the God of justice. Sometimes you think, wow, the spirit of slavery is keeping everybody in bondage. And God, don't you see this? Don't you care? Don't you want to bring people to freedom? Listen, there's justice. And God is going to bring the justice. So I don't want to talk about those verses, 4 to 10. Let's move through this and keep, keep going with number two. It will dominate others to maneuver them for their own selfish gain. This word dominate, I think I have it on the screen. Just, just quickly, look at this. It's a commanding influence on or exercising control over. Now, I want you to be really careful if you're a high control person. You got to be really control. If you're a high control perfection, you, you maneuver people, you try to manipulate people. You got to be careful of that because you're flirting with this spirit of slavery. And the people that you're trying to lead and influence from your kiddos to everybody else, you're going to be impacting them in such a way that it's not going to lead them to freedom. It's going to lead them to bondage of some sort. And so Peter is moving through these verses, verses 10 to 16, talking about this. In verse 10, if you look there, he mentions them as being what? They're bold and willful. Do you see that? Second half of verse 10, they're bold and willful. They do not tremble as they blaspheme the glorious ones. And then he moves through this talking about uh, just how they operate and and who are these false teachers and false prophets. He mentions them and connects them to Balaam. Do you see that? Notice a little bit further down into there, he, he, he mentions and connects them, talking about irrational animals, verse 12. They're creatures of instinct. Remember, these are the spirit of slavery in and through false teachers and false prophets. They're born, verse 12, born to be caught and destroyed, blaspheming about matters of which they are ignorant, will also be destroyed in their destruction, suffering wrong at the wage, as the wage for their wrongdoing. They count it a pleasure. Where am I at? I lost my place here. Eyes full of deceit. There we go. Let's go back to verse 14. They have eyes full of adultery, insatiable for sin. They entice unsteady souls. They have hearts trained in what? In greed, they're accursed, they're forsaking the right way. Here we go. Verse 15, they have gone astray and they have followed the way of Balaam. Why? What's that all about? Balaam. This is a representation of someone who spends their life gaining at other people's expense. Study the story. And this is a person who has the spirit of slavery. They're just using people. They want to gain from you so that they can get you're going to hear a presentation from Andrea that's going to have a lot to do with the spirit of slavery. Verse 15, they gain from wrongdoing. In verse 14, they have hearts trained in greed. So here you have the spirit of slavery. Number three, and finally, it will devour others to maintain control at the expense of their soul and those they enslave. This is verses 17 down to verse 22. Listen. The spirit of slavery will consume you. It'll take your peace. It'll take your joy. It'll take your strength. It'll consume your mind. It'll take your life. Your countenance will fall. You won't be able to look into the face of God, Coram Deo, before the face of God in absolute worship and adoration and freedom because the spirit of slavery is keeping you bound and enslaved going to devour everything about your life. It's devouring countless thousands and millions of people in our world. And people are being devoured left and right. Verse 17, it says about these people, they're waterless springs. Do you see it there, verse 17? Verse 17, it also talks about them calling them mists that are driven. 
there's confusion and chaos, and you see this around the people that are, are, are possessed or oppressed with the spirit of slavery, is that there's this confusion. There's this chaos that is part of their life and their existence. In verse 18, it says they entice people. Notice verse 19. Verse 19. It says they promise them what? Freedom. But they themselves are slaves of corruption. For whatever overcomes a person, for that he is enslaved. For if after they have escaped the defilements of the world through the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome the last state has become worse for them than the first. For it would have been better for them never to have known the way of righteousness than after knowing it turned back for the holy commandments delivered to them. What the true proverb says has happened to them. The dog returns to its own vomit and the sow, after washing herself, returns to wallow in the mire. Is this a true Christian? It's not a true Christian. A false prophet's never been a Christian. False teacher's never been a Christian. They've always been false. He's not saying that they had the truth. It wasn't like they had the righteousness of God, but then they lost it or they turned against it because anybody who is truly righteous before God has had the righteousness of God imputed into them and nothing changes that condition. This isn't talking about people like that. These are people that came in to the church. They came in close. You know, they spoke the word of God. They, they talked the word of God. They even did things that looked like it was the word of God, but they weren't really regenerate. And in that unregenerate place, the spirit of slavery had taken them, and now they wanted to move out into the church and start to lead people astray. It will devour you. The spirit of slavery is in the church. It's in the culture. This spirit of slavery is heavy. Listen, it's heavy in the city of Reading. And Harvest Bible Chapel, Reading wants to have something to do with leading people to freedom in Jesus Christ. Amen? So I want you to welcome Andrea. Andrea, why don't you come up here? Andrea and Clark McHenry. And she's going to give a presentation. Before you start, you have a microphone? There you go. All right, so, so that was really, really lame, lame hand clap for her. So can we do that one more time? Maybe nice and loud. Nice and loud. Come on. Thank you, Pastor Chris. Good morning, Harvest. So I'm Andrew McHenry. I'm the Executive Director of Freedom and Restoration for Everyone Enslaved, also known as FREE. And we are a nonprofit organization that does anti-human trafficking work in Berks County. And before we move on, I just want to acknowledge uh, Christine Ahrens, also known as Christy. She is the president of our board at Free. And here today I also have Patrice, Mickey, I have Deb, uh, Bev who's just coming on, and Janine. I don't know where Janine is. If you're here, raise your hand. She might not be here, or she could be hiding. She's working. Okay. Um, so they are also part of the operations team at Free, and I'm so excited about that. I'm sorry. Meredith is here. Meredith. Hi. So as you can tell, we're super informal at Free. And so I'm going <laughs> to, it's just I'm the most informal person you can find. And so this is going to kind of be, I'm going to engage and just shout out if you want. You can ask me questions if you want. Um, we're just going to talk this through. And so before we get into the presentation, I just want to say if there's anything that I'm saying that I'm going to talk about, because it's a sensitive topic, if it's something that doesn't feel the best for you, Please feel free to leave at any time. No questions asks, asked, no judgment, um, and you don't offend me at all. And so if you need to leave, please leave. That's okay. And so we're going to talk about how you can put your boots on the ground with free. But we're also going to talk about what we do, uh, what we have coming up. But even before that, I want to talk a little bit about human trafficking, what Pastor Chris was talking about, because you can't put me up here and not expect me to raise a little bit of awareness about human trafficking. So bear with me. I'm going to go quick because it's quite a bit, and I, we don't have too much time, and this is still just a little blip uh, compared to our human trafficking 101 training we're going to talk about at the end. But I, I did want to talk a little bit about human trafficking. So who has heard of human trafficking before? Raise of hands. Okay. 
Okay, so let's let's talk about the actual definition. And I love what Pastor Chris just talked about because those words, that manipulation, that deception, that spirit of slavery, that ties into these words here in red that actually have to be proven for something to be considered human trafficking. So what is human trafficking? It is the illegal trade of human beings for labor or commercial sex through force, fraud, or coercion. People are bought and sold against their will. And so those three words are really important when we're talking about human trafficking. That has to be proven for there to be a human trafficking prosecution. And I think it ties in so well with what P Pastor Chris talked about. There needs to be that deception, that manipulation, that force, that control over someone else. A trafficker will control their victim. A trafficker or a pimp will control their victim to perform either a commercial sex act or labor. For us at Free, our main focus is on sex trafficking and all forms of commercial sexual exploitation, which we'll talk about in a minute. So a month ago, if someone were to mention to you sex trafficking, what's the first thought that comes to mind where it's happening? Just call it out. Massage parlors, California. Enslaved. Franklin Street. Any other places that you think of when you immediately think of human trafficking? Guatemala and Haiti. Well, that's good. I heard a lot of places from America and right here local. So that's, that's awesome. Normally when we talk about human trafficking and sex trafficking, those initial thoughts that come out are Cambodia, Thailand, um, place, other places in Asia, Africa, India, and it's absolutely rampant um, in those places. But what we want people to understand, it's rampant in the United States as well. So if we change that slide, we're going to talk about what sex trafficking is. It's modern day slavery. Um, there's more slaves today than any time in history. There's 40 million slaves worldwide in our world today. And sex trafficking, sex trafficking is when individuals perform commercial sex, that's an important word we're going to come up to, through the use of that force, fraud, or coercion. But here's something we really want people to understand. If you could go back one slide again real quick. Minors, minors engaging in any type of commercial sex act are victims of sex trafficking, regardless of the use of force, fraud, or coercion. That does not need to be proven. If you have a 16-year-old, if you have a 17-year-old, if you have a 17 and three-quarter-year-old child engaging in any type of commercial sex, um, stripping, prostitution, she is, by US federal law, a trafficking victim. So we have to get away from that term, a child prostitute. There literally is no such thing as a child prostitute. He or she is a victim. If you can move forward. So what is a commercial sex act? Sometimes people say, well, what is that? What is commercial sexual exploitation? Commercial sex is prostitution, pornography, or any sexual performance done in exchange for any item of value. Does it have to be money? It doesn't have to be money. It can be for drugs, it can be for shelter, it can be for food, it could be for clothes, it could be for anything. Any, any time that something is exchanged for that sex act, that is considered trafficking. You can move on. Where is sex trafficking and commercial sexual exploitation? Are we understanding that it's not just in our cities? It's in the suburbs. It's in the rural areas. This, what we want people to also understand is human trafficking. Sex trafficking, it does not discriminate. You cannot put it in a box. Does socioeconomic status have a part to play? Does that make people more vulnerable? Absolutely. Is that the end all be all? No, anyone can be trafficked. And so it's not just in inner city Reading. It's also in the rural areas. We live in Morgantown. There's human trafficking there. There's sex trafficking in Morgantown. I can guarantee you with 99.9% .9 certainty that wherever you live, there is some form of sex trafficking at some point happening, some type of commercial sexual exploitation happening at some point where you live. And even if you live in the suburb, even if you live in a more affluent area, actually, that's where the victims are being brought because they're coming where the money is. 
Traffickers are bringing them to the money. So if you live in the affluent area, I can tell you that's where the victims are actually coming to. Um, there's um, a place in Morgantown. Uh, I, I won't, I'm not going to name names, but there's a restaurant with a motel behind it. Girls from Reading, there was a bus stop right there. They would literally be brought there, get out, and the people at the restaurant would see them going right up to the motel behind the restaurant. They're being trafficked. They're being trafficked. And especially with the opioid epidemic, what it is in Berks County, they go together because that's how uh, traffickers keep their victims. Um, they keep them dope sick, so they keep them addicted, so they, that's the way that they keep them enticed and, and tied in. So where is sex trafficking? Everywhere, <laughs> everywhere, absolutely everywhere. If you can move on. So what do we do at FREE? First of all, FREE is a Christ-centered organization. There's nothing we do without seeking the Father first. We pray at the beginning, the middle, and the end. Uh, Jesus is the reason we do what we do. Um, human trafficking, in my mind, is one of the most horrific crimes against human beings. And so for us as followers of Christ, we know we're called to be light in the dark places. And what we always want people to understand is Christ's light is so far greater than the enemy's darkness. And we are called, we are his ambassadors on this earth. And so we are called to go into that darkness and shine his light. The darkness is never greater than his light. He already has the victory. And so what do we do? We do education and aftercare. We do exactly this. We come and we speak. We talk a little bit about what human trafficking is. What does it look like? How you can spot it. How you can take action against it. Because everybody can do something. I'm an everyday person. I do not consider myself um, really anything. I'm a servant of Christ. Um, and so anybody can do anything. When I first started volunteering at Free, and my kiddos were little, and I kept kind of volunteering and leaving and volunteering and leaving. It's something I knew the Lord put on my heart, and you'll know if it's something he puts on your heart. But I kept leaving because I thought, what can I do? I can't do anything. This is too big for me. I'm not educated enough. I'm not qualified enough. I still say that. <laughs> that. That's the lies of the enemy. That's not of God. And so we all can do something. And so if that's something you feel called to do, we're hoping you get your boots on the ground. We educate. We do a lot of prevention work with youth. And so we will go out to youth groups, anywhere where youth are gathered, um, whether it's in the church or outside of the church. And we let them know what human trafficking is. We show a short documentary. We talk to them. We engage them. Kids will talk. They talk. They open up. We have sat with kiddos that have shared with us that their parents actually trafficked them when they were younger. And so we've seen it. And you hear all kinds of stories. Um, and for us at Free, we always say, if there is one child that hears one thing <laughs> that we say, that prevents them from being trafficked, then we have done our job. We have done our job. So education, prevention, the awareness work, getting our communities to take action against it, getting our churches. Uh, I believe the church really should be in this fight because Christ came to set the captives free. And so I don't want to offend, but I really believe it's the work of the church to come in. I was um, with uh, sitting with someone from an organization, the president of an organization a couple years ago, and of course everybody checks us out before we get there because anybody can look in social media and our website and Christ is everywhere. We don't, we will not compromise or hide Christ. And so she said, oh, you're, you're a Christ, you're Christian. And I said, yeah. And she said, Christians really seem to have taken up the helm of human trafficking work in this world. And I challenge you to look up human trafficking organizations across this world, and I bet you can't find 10 or less that are not Christ-centered, the majority are Christ-centered, because he came to set the captives free, and he's raising up his church to go and get the captives. So um, it's the work of the church. And so we are also doing aftercare right now. We're going to talk about this in a minute. We're raising money right now to open up a home in Berks County for survivors coming out of sex trafficking and sexual exploitation, there is absolutely not one resource right now specifically for survivors of trafficking and exploitation in Berks County. Not one, not a few, 
zero. And so a year ago, we felt the Lord leading us to open up a home. And so we just had our first big fundraiser in September, this past September. So in the past four months, we've raised about $55,000. And we literally had nothing because we never needed it. We're an all-volunteer organization at free. So all of us here, we are not getting paid. We are here because we know the Lord has called us to this work. And we want to be obedient before him in it. So we are super excited for that. And we're also getting ready to start a drop-in center that Christy's going to talk about in a little bit. And that's going to be for um, women to just come and get a little bit of respite, get a meal, get some personal care items and things like that. Um, so we are really excited about that aftercare piece. You can move on. Real quick, some statistics. Sex trafficking has been reported in all 50 states. Many victims are actually US citizens. And so it's sometimes we can think it's just immigrants uh, in the country. Uh, the majority of sex trafficking cases in the US are actually US citizens. One in six endangered runaways are likely sex trafficking victims. Within 48 hours, a runaway minor is approached by a trafficker within, within two days which there, there's 50, over 1,500 homeless and unaccompanied youth just in Berks County. Over 1,500, so last, last week when we were talking about children, over 1,500 just in Berks County, there's at least 800 homeless and unaccompanied youth in the city of Reading, at least. Unaccompanied meeting, they've been kicked out, um, they're runaways, uh, their parents don't want them. That's a high number, so these kiddos, these runaways, these over 1,500, are at risk of being trafficked. Nine out of 10 prostitutes are actually sex trafficking victims. Nine out of 10, so when we see prostitution, when we see a prostitute on the street, when we go down Franklin Street, and, we, and that's known for, that's where the prostitutes are, I can assure you the majority, if not, I would bet everything that I had, not one of them is actually getting any money for that. Do some people willingly prostitute? Absolutely. Do some people willingly strip? Absolutely. But the majority have pimps. If there's a street known for prostitution, you can be pretty sure there's pimps in charge of those streets. Um, so that, that kind of changes how we view things when we realize that. And for us, again, at free, even if someone is willingly prostituting themselves or stripping or um, engaging in pornography and stuff like that, it's still coming from a broken place. So we still need to show them the love of Christ. 90% of trafficking victims have been sexually abused as children. And so that trauma really, that, that shows kind of where they're at and what happens. Super Bowl Sunday, we're really excited about that. I'm not really excited because I don't care so much, but <laughs> um, it's the biggest trafficking day of the year in the United States. Wherever there are large crowds of men, I'm sorry, um, trafficking goes up. So Super Bowl, uh, the um, Olympics, things like that, biggest, biggest day. So Super Bowl Sunday, as you're getting ready to watch your game, be praying as well because it's, it's going to increase. And I just, I, I do feel led to say pornography. Um, it's not something we like to talk about a lot, but I would be remiss if I didn't talk about it. Pornography and sex trafficking are linked. That's not even coming from a moral standpoint. That's coming from actual statistics and hard evidence. Pornography fuels the demand for sex trafficking. So if we engage in pornography, um, we're engaging in sex trafficking. We can't be pro-pornography and against sex trafficking. That's an oxymoron. You can't do that. And so, again, God is so gracious and he's so good and he shines his light and he convicts. Um, and it's never to shame, but it's always to bring healing and to bring us in right standing before him. And so pornography, that's a big one. Fightthenewdrug.org, it's a great resource. Fightthenewdrug.org. Um, pornography um, addicts, their brain, they've done research, looks exactly the same as the uh, brain of a heroin addict. And so that tells you how strong pornography is and what an, an actual addiction it actually is and how that will absolutely keep you in bondage. You can go to the next slide. 12 years old is the average age, a girl or boy. Boys can be trafficked, but over 90% of sex trafficking victims are women and girls. 12 years old is the average age they're trafficked in America. 12 years old, 
Again, 83% are U.S. citizens. Every 30 seconds, someone becomes a victim of slavery. So within the 20 to 25 minutes that I'm talking here today, over 600 people will become a slave over the world. 100 to 300,000 children are sexually exploited. In the course of a year, there's hundreds of thousands uh, of human trafficking cases per year within the United States. You can go to the next slide. Berks County, because we assume it's not here, two recent cases. Um, one guy, Paul Sewell, uh, he called himself God. He had a ring of about uh, 12 girls under him. He is now in federal prison. And we just had a recent case of a 19-year-old that was trafficking a couple of girls. Um, that quote there, that kind of puts it into perspective of what a victim, what a, what a victim feels and where they're at. Um, the Paul Sewell case, this is what one of his victims said, no one can ever understand what Sewell put her through and that no amount of counseling will restore her life. So that shows you the depravity of where they're at and, and why they need aftercare specifically for them and most of all, why they need the love of Jesus. And so we want to see those enslaved physically set free. We want to see them emotionally set free. But most of all, we want to see them spiritually set free, which we know can only come from Christ. When we talk about ending human trafficking, I always hear it sitting on coalitions and regional meetings, and they talk about human trafficking coming to an end, and I just want to scream, that's only Jesus. There's no other way but Jesus. And so that's what we want to offer these, these women. We want to offer them Jesus. And so we know it's here in Berks County. I heard a survivor speak at a, a symposium in Pennsylvania uh, a couple years ago, and she specifically talked about Berks County, and she said she, she's an advocate now and works with law enforcement as someone that has gone through trafficking when she was younger. And she said police officers in Reading will go into homes to do drug busts, and they actually will find women chained to beds. So we know it's here. You may not see it but that doesn't mean it's not here. We may not see it, but that doesn't mean we can ignore it. So let's go to the next slide. So how can you get involved? So we have this Boots on the Ground initiative through Harvest, and so how can you get involved in it? Because we have lots of ways. We would love to see people get involved. So we have our prayer and outreach, and that is once a month. We meet uh, at the steps of the Reading Public Museum the third Sunday of the month at 1 o'clock. We pray. So we walk down Franklin Street, which again is a street known for prostitution. And we stop on every corner and we pray. And we ask the Lord for his will to be done. We, we declare the name of Jesus on every corner we stop. Uh, this last time we went out, we, we literally took time to just praise and worship the Lord um, and so that was just such an awesome time. And we also do outreach. We'll stop and talk to people we encounter, even if it's who, it doesn't matter who it is. And we will um, just pray with them, ask if they would like prayer. If we encounter a woman and the Lord directs, we will give them purses filled with toiletries and feminine products, um, little bags filled, filled with stuff that they can take. And so that's what we do every single month. And if you've not been in the city of Reading or you're kind of feeling like, Eh, that scares me a little bit. I would encourage you that this is a great time to come out. It's easy. There's a whole group of us. It's during the day. It's all good. It's, it's good. We have a great time going out there. And it's a way to get your feet wet with some urban ministry and get out there and see what it's like. Um, really caring and loving the least of these. Um, I love the people in the city of Reading. They're the, the most awesome people that uh, you could want to meet. They're, they're just at my heart. Uh, you can go to the next slide. The next way, volunteer your time, gifts, and skills. And so right here you'll see an information table. So sometimes we need people to volunteer at an information table. We need people to volunteer to help with special events, which Lisa is going to be helping us putting, putting events together, and I'm grateful for that. Um, fundraisers, things like that. Any way you feel like you can get involved. Gifts, skills. We're going to have a house someday. If you can redo a house, if you can help paint, we will not say no. If you are, let's say, a web designer. <laughs> uh, that's just random. <laughs> if you design websites and you want to help a girl out because she's like tired of watching YouTube videos of how to manage a website. <laughs> but God, I'm doing it. He's, he's showing me. But we, we, need to, 
We need a little bit more. So if that's something you can lend your time in, please. Anyway, anyway, we're looking for a lawyer on our board. And so make connections. You yourself, talk to us. We would love to talk to you. Um, you can go to the next slide. Financial donation, monthly support. We're not going to be sad if you give us a donation. Um, again, we're raising money to open up a restoration home in Berks County, and we are now getting ready to open up a drop-in center. And so we're a small nonprofit, and I hate asking for money, but you, we need the money to have it happen. <laughs> and so if you feel uh, led to give a financial donation, no amount is too small, no amount is too big. Or if you feel led to be a monthly donor, please go on our website. Um, you can find all of our information. There's a lot of information out at our table out there, too, where you can mail a check to and, and how you can do it online. So um, we, would, we would love that support. Um, we are partnering with an organization called the Samaritan Women this coming year in 2019. Uh, Christy and I, as well as Brittany, um, who's not here today, will be going back and forth um, to Maryland for some really cool intensives and learning from them. They have, a rest, they have a home, they have a shelter, they're doing it well, and they're Christ-centered. And they are coming alongside of us and they're showing us how to get a shelter up and going um, and to be sustainable. And we just got word last night that the training we have uh, coming up this year, uh, someone, uh, there was an anonymous donor and all of it is paid in full. There's not a dime that has to come out of our pocket. And so that's only God, and so we are so grateful for that. And they will be keeping us accountable, and so that's good. You can move on. Now I'm going to have my, my lovely Christy come up real quick. I'm, I talked really quick because I knew Christy was coming up. Thank you. Well, um, if you know me well, um, you know that I have a, a big sense of humor and that I usually open with a joke, but uh I don't feel led to open with a joke because I'm, I'm really honestly disgusted by the statistics that I see up there. And I, I want that feeling to kind of like burn in your belly a little bit. Um, so I'm going to talk a little bit about the drop-in center that we're going to open. And it's funny, we didn't really talk about how we were going to communicate information, but I have the questions too, the five W's and an H, always a good way to cover a topic. So who is it for? So it's for women who are being bought for sex. Um, or exploited sexually. That's our primary goal, is to minister to those women. It's also for homeless women. We know that organically when we put out a sign in Reading that women who are homeless are going to come in. But if you know Andrea, you've heard her say that any homeless woman, 99, 100% of homeless women have been sexually exploited in one way or another during their homelessness. Um, who else is it for? It's for me. It's for Andrea. And it's for all the women who are going to volunteer, because when you give, God fills you, you know. So we want to be serving out of an excess of filling by the Holy Spirit, and that, that is a gift that God gives back to us. So it's not, it's not only for them, but it's also for us. Um, what is it? So it is going to be a refuge. So why don't you close your eyes for a minute? I was introduced to a painting, and you can search it on the Internet, but imagine standing on a seashore in the middle of a storm with waves crashing, and you look to your right, and there's a cliff, and there's waves just, like, slamming into that cliff. The wind is all around you. It's blowing things, and there's lightning and thunder, and it's so loud you can't even hear, and then look deep into that cliff. There's a little cleft, and there's a little wren sitting on her nest singing because she's being protected. Okay, you can open your eyes. That's what we want this drop-in center to be for these women who are living through the most horrific experience that I could ever even imagine. We want that place to be a refuge, a place of joy, a place of peace, and a place where they meet Jesus, who can set them free. So we also want to be providing basic needs there, um, food, clothing, uh, feminine products, and we also want to be building healthy relationships and, Lord willing, we'll be discipling women um, deeper into a relationship with Christ. We also want to be providing education about resources in the community. So we are hoping that this will all take place, that we will have committed and trained volunteers by the end of March. Um, and then the last week in March, we have our first training 
down in Baltimore. So we're hoping, I'm hoping, to open the doors on April 5th. So that would be a Friday. We're going to do Friday mornings, 9.30 to 11.30. And we are also, we um, are starting to pray that our doors would be able to be open longer. So that's going to be a future a future plan, and, and Lord willing, we'll have more hours and evening hours. Um, evening hours would would require a security staff. So that's why I'm not saying we only need women volunteers. We also need men volunteers. And um, the Lord has already made a way for a man to join us every week on Friday from 930 to 1130, which is typically when men work, but he gets done at 9 that morning. And so um, he's going to be doing security for us. Um, You might have seen him in the picture. He's got a cool beard like Dave. But... um, so we, we do need men volunteers as well. So where is it going to be? It is going to be at this Romanian community church. And this church is amazing. So if you've heard Pastor Chris talk about um, leading prison Bible or men's Bible study, and a lot of the men just got out of prison, that's at this church. Pastor Julian pastors this church, and he loves the Lord. And his mom... Is in the, when we arrived, his mom was in the kitchen making a meal. They he wants his church open seven days a week to the community. His his congregation is primarily homeless. He doesn't get paid, um, and so he works a full time job. But he's an amazing man. So he has agreed to allow us to use um, his church for the drop in center. So we're excited about that. We're praying for him, and we're hoping to bless him with some grant money that we've applied for so that he can build showers in the church. Um, So why are we doing this? One thing that the Lord really impressed on my heart as I got to know Andrea and heard more about what she was doing was that she was running a drop-in center previously, months ago, and when their, their church moved out of the city, they didn't have a place to meet. And she's still in contact with some of these women who attended that, and they want it back. They're asking for it. So that, that, that just, I couldn't let that go. It, the Lord just kind of like stuck it as a lump in my throat that I just couldn't swallow. So I just felt like it had to, it had to come back. So come hell or high water, it needed to come back. So this is what we're doing. That's why we're doing it. God continues to open doors. I I have never, my faith has grown so much since I've become a part of free. Things like this anonymous donor from Massachusetts paying for all of our hotel meals and transportation, like, it's just so amazing. Churches giving tens of thousands of dollars. Just, Andrea didn't even know they were raising money, and we get, we get a phone call that $33,000 this church is one, don- one church is donating. It's just, it's honestly, God is so sovereign, and I've seen his hand working and my faith growing since I've been involved, and it's absolutely amazing. Um, So the other reason is we want these women to feel the love of Christ. A, A lot of them have never known real love, like agape love, unconditional love. It's all been twisted and tainted. And, and so we definitely, that's another motivating factor. And it will only be accomplished through God's blessings. And one thing that, um, that we have at Free is a prayer team. And um, Janine Torres, if you know her, she goes here. Um, she's one of our uh, core prayer team per- people. So um, how the other how is we need an abundance of committed volunteers ready to strap on their boots. And... Uh, we're hoping through marketing and cooperation with many churches to activate a force to be reckoned with, with God at the helm. So that's, that's the drop-in center. Go to the next slide. And I know we've exhausted our time, but I just want to say real quick, I kind of stalked the other people that are part of this uh, pilot program. There's all of these organizations that um, tried to get it and just free and two other organizations were chosen to be a part of it. And I kind of stalked the other ones on Facebook and social media the other day. And they are all, I need even talk, they're all starting, they're all Christ-centered. 
They're all starting drop-in centers, and they're all opening shelters. And I'm like, that is only God. Like, the same model that he's he's starting up. And so I think that's super, super cool. So before we get boots on the ground, we need some boot camp training. And so we're going to have a human trafficking 101 class. So what I talked about today is like a little speck of uh, our human trafficking presentation. That's going to be on February 8th. Please mark your calendars if you would like to volunteer. If you want to come out for prayer and outreach, you don't, have, you don't have to do that. We want you to just come out and pray. But if you're going to be involved in, in any other intricate way and free, um, human trafficking training, February 8th, 630 to 8, Pastor Julian's Church. We're going to do the presentation there. And then we're going to have a trauma-informed trauma-informed care training coming up because um, when someone's traumatized, the complex trauma for victims of trafficking, that trauma affects everything and how they do everything and how we work with them and enter in with them. That's huge. And so that's to be determined. We don't have that yet. Um, next slide. If you suspect trafficking or if you need help, you can call the hotline, 1-888-373-7888, or you can text be free, 233-733, uh, confidential. You can always call if you need help or if you need to talk to someone or if you need to report a tip. Thank you so much. Um, we are so grateful to be able to share here. We're grateful for Pastor Chris and Lisa for getting this initiative started and really getting us outside the walls of our church. We love you so much. Thank you. How about we all stand? We're going to have some prayer over Andrea and Christy and the rest of the team and for the anointing of God to continue to be on them and all of us as well. So next week I'm going to close with a, just a simple, straightforward message called Boots on the Ground, and that's when we're going to say, God, this is where I want to plug in. God, this is where you're calling me to serve. This is where my boots on the ground are, are going to be. So you might have gotten a handout that said Boots on the Ground in the four ministries. Did you all get that coming in, piece of paper? If you didn't get it, get it on the way out. Pray over it this week. And then this coming Sunday, next Sunday, we're going to say, God, this is exactly where I'm, it's going to be free. I know you're leading me there. I know it's AMG. I know it's over in VCN or over at Bethany. So uh, God is moving very powerfully. Come on. Oh, there you go. Come on over here. Can you just stretch out your hands and just let's pray together. God, we pray in Jesus' mighty name for your sacred anointing, your favor and blessing to continue to be on free. Andrea and her team and Christy and the others. God, we pray for them to be filled with your spirit, to be able to hear your voice, to be able to walk with you in power and blessing and anointing. And so God, would you do something so spectacular that it can only be attributed to you? Can you give us more fruit? Can you give us more favor? Give us more blessing to see many, many women's lives transformed by the gospel of Jesus. May there be a rescue effort that is huge that moves out like a wave on the city of Reading. Give us courage, give us wisdom, help us to know what you want us to do. God, we know that you're gonna take care of this home that needs to be opened, and we're thanking you ahead of time for this home because it's out there and you're gonna bring it to us. We thank you for that ahead of time by faith. And so God, we pray that you're glorified in boots on the ground, every ministry that has been represented through Propel. God, we pray that you would just speak to each person, where do you want us to serve? Where do you want us to put boots on the ground? And so next week, God, help us to know for sure where you want us. And God, we just pray that you're glorified this week. Help us to keep following you. In Jesus' mighty name. And all God's people said, amen. amen. God bless you. You are loved.